and welcome to Failing to Succeed, a podcast that embraces failures. With me, Louise Stevenson. Here, we're all about celebrating failures and accepting that it's a normal part of any process because we're all human and sometimes things go wrong. And that's okay. It's about how we take those knocks and come back from them that ultimately defines our success. I've been chatting to some amazing entrepreneurs and in this episode, I managed to catch up with the Solstice Collective two brothers who run a festival and a creative collective as a side hustle. I mean, they're amazing. We spoke about what it's like to work full-time whilst growing a business, pivoting in a pandemic and the exciting opportunities that have come out of that. Here it is. Jamie, George, thank you so much for joining me today. It's so great to have you here. The Solstice Collective Festival, you've raised thousands for charity, you do music, art and content creation, all whilst working full time. I mean, is there anything that you guys can't do? (laughs) I think on my end, diary management (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is still pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, no wonder. Where did the idea come from originally then? It's a funny old story because where we started is very different to where we are now. The Solstice Collective was actually a evolution of Solstice Festival, which was our founding idea. And that idea was created back in 2017 while George and I were on holiday. And we basically decided that we needed to continue raising money somehow for two charities that are quite close to our hearts and very important to us. And I think we kind of were a little bit carried away in the phase of life we were in. George was a student. I just got back from traveling we thought we'd kind of just take on the world and say (laughs) one night over a few drinks one of my best friends from from school said how amazing do you think it is to just like run Glastonbury how cool would it be to run a festival and George and I just looked at each other and went why don't we try why don't we get it oh my god I love that that's my absolute nightmare and you two are just like yep up for it go for it Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was really great that there was that organic growth, like in terms of the idea came and but there were so many moments where we had a real sort of is this actually happening? Like, is this our event that we're putting on? I think yeah, the real big like moment is when we, literally when we finally when we first made the Facebook event and just invited a ton of our friends, we went, OK, now we've got to break down actually what we need to do mm. to yeah, ensure okay. that all these friends who are supporting what we're doing are going to have an event which is worthwhile and fun and, and just enjoyable really yeah so you guys just went for it put it out there and then went shit how do we actually make this happen <laughs> <laughs> a little bit yeah i would say the three things that we actually did sort before we put the event out were finding plot of land pretty important we found someone to do all of the infrastructure so the stage lighting sounds mm. and we found as many artists as we could I think, because it was quite important at that stage to show people we had a lineup. Everything else, we had to work out on a whim, which was quite funny because I think a lot of it is just thinking of the worst case scenario and planning for that and yeah. thinking, you know, how do you prevent that from happening? Yeah, God, you don't want another fire festival situation on your hands. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that documentary came out, I think, weeks before we did the first festival and I just didn't watch it. I could not bring myself. <laughs> Anxiety I just did not need in my life. Oh my God, a bit. God, that was so devastating for those people. Anyway, we've got a successful festival, nothing like <laughs> fire festival. So you had the idea, you booked it, 
what were the next steps that you guys needed to do in order to actually get people there? I think it's a really good question because the theme of the podcast is how much we now do know. There's still heaps more that we can learn. But the start, in terms of around the presentation of our festival and like what we wanted to put out there. So I think for the first two years, I'll remember having about 30 Facebook chats of different groups open, just asking, say, please buy tickets, please support us. It's going to be really great. It's going to be really great. And I guess there's an element of the fact that as we have put on each festival and people come down and really enjoy it it helps that they would like to return and they'll tell their friends but I think what's also become really important is we've realised the importance of things like presenting the Solstice Collective as our whole brand and the festival's one part of that and also just presenting the festival in a neat way and how we want people to see it rather than just finding any old image of the day and chucking it out there the way we can present it smartly we just learned so much and that marketing side of it has been really important I think to, to engage people with the day before even because by and large it's one day and one night so for people's time it's quite a small period of their year but we'd like to build that hype and the 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 engagement around it throughout the whole time people are buying into a lifestyle they're buying into this idea of this festival that's coming up that they are super excited about (laughs) so you need that hype and you need that build up in order for them to actually have a great time on the day right completely we don't have capital we had a tiny bit of money that we have used to grow the festival over the last few years we've never done any raise at all any sort of seed investment but we've realized that if we have a brand and a service and a product that people need and want then for now that's absolutely fine because people won't really know how to live without us (laughs) once we go you've not really put any money into this at all it's all just been hard graft pulling people in different social media platforms wow wow hats off to you guys that's crazy speaking about it on platforms like this and putting in hard work on our own event and things like that which gives us the chance to, to build that support which is really what keeps us above water so on that point I know that you actually both still work full time I wanted to ask you about that because how do you actually manage full-time jobs plus this on the side like do you ever sleep <laughs> I mean to be honest I'd probably put my hand up and say I manage it quite badly. It's not easy and I regularly will double book myself. I'll regularly forget things. And that's across everything. It's not like I have a priority that always sits at the top. One day I'll forget a solstice meeting. The next day I'll forget a social event. The next day I'll forget something in my actual day job. I'm working very, very hard to get better at it. I'm not really prepared to let go of anything yet. So it's definitely come with stress. And I think George often is the sort of, he's the, uh, the victim of my bad diary management, to be honest. Jamie is so busy as the younger sibling I'm probably not quite at a stage of life where I'm juggling so many professional plates there are so many of those little mistakes and little times where we have to just keep ourselves in check of our time management over the years I couldn't even begin to name like to go through the list but it really just helps that we always have the other to keep us in check when we do get it a little bit wrong I think when we realise our time management has just gone too far into solstice and we're not giving ourselves that Friday and Saturday to just shut the laptop and not be checking emails oh I've got Jamie who goes no George mate go out and enjoy the evening with your friends like we can do this on Sunday and that's made us so much happier doing solstice Mm -hmm. and having those boundaries 
Um, yeah. It actually made it enjoyable. Because burnout is definitely a real thing as well. So yeah. if you're like working all day and then at night working on your own thing and the weekends, you know, eventually you need some downtime. Otherwise, mm. the festival is not going to go on. Solstice Collective website's not going to keep getting updated because you're just going to mm. be completely burned out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think when we launched Solstice Creative last November, which was really for us a response to a number of things that can probably be summarized as a way of helping people connect with our brands all year round through things that are important to us in the company. You know, we were kind of, we were churning out an article a week and that was a huge amount of effort in hindsight. I think we didn't probably more than we thought it would be in terms of editing, preparing all of your sort of assets to go onto your website and on your social media platforms, communication with the writers and the contributors, getting on call to make sure we're uploading at the right time. I think it was a bit of a baptism by fire of like, right, if we want this to become something we do all year round, it's going to take a lot more time. And are we ready for that? Now, I think that was probably a bit too much time Mm -hmm. and very much taught us that we need to enjoy the process of whatever we're doing. Doing. you know we fell into a position where we were just so focused on getting a piece out completing it almost like a timeline how many likes we got on our instagram page and i think we completely forgot how important it is to just enjoy the process of what you're doing and be driven by the purpose and mission so important absolutely putting an article out isn't just the time to write it like you say it's finding the images cropping the images mm-hmm. making sure they work for all the different mm-hmm. platforms that you've got maybe you know contacting a bunch of writers it's so much effort it's not just the piece that you see live Mm. is it so what do you think have been the biggest sacrifices then you've had to make whilst on the journey what a question question. so I think until now that sort of that diary management thing has been a real issue to the point where at times I just had to accept I will let people down you know I won't be able to turn up for things I will forget things and other people become the victim of my business Mm. and I went through a phase of just accepting that was a reality of what we were trying to do with Solstice at the end of last year and it was why I was quite keen to push back how much we were putting into it each week in terms of everything else in our lives Mm. I think one thing that I've had to make a decision on recently which maybe even told George about is I think we've both always been very keen hockey players it's how we keep fit George far better than me but I've always enjoyed playing and I've kind of realised that this season was probably the last one I can really commit to it playing for a team regularly because I just need that time back in my life to do other things, be it solstice, be it just relaxing, spending time with friends. Um, You never know. I might come steaming back into it when I'm 35 uh, (laughs) and I've got a little bit more time, but unlikely, I think. That is a shame, but that idea of prioritising is at the heart of everything that you have to do when you're trying Mm. to juggle so much. And it just comes down to what is the higher priority for me right now? And sometimes it's about the long game as well, isn't it? Like, if I prioritise this now, maybe in five years' time, it will be something that means that I can leave my day job or means that I feel more fulfilled in my life because I have this. So sometimes it's about the long-term game as well. And I think you really have to work out why you're doing something right, because... 
for a lot of people, hockey is their downtime. And to an extent, is and has been mine as well. But I kind of had to be really hard on saying I need more flexibility about how and when I spend my downtime. So I think you had to be really hard on like whether it's positive or negative downtime. George, do you feel like you are sacrificing or do you feel like right now you've kind of got it all in hand? No, definitely not. One of the massive things which I've been reflecting on recently, and it's probably taking it to the extreme, but I was with some friends the other day. One of them is very into the psychology behind successful businesses and how a lot of businesses, people start them with like a best friend or a sibling. And particularly with something like Adidas and Puma, in the end, it goes a bit pear-shaped where I think one of the brothers kind of broke off. And I'm not saying that that is going to happen at all with Jamie, and I really never wish it were. I don't think so. But I do think it is something that is always sort of been there but now because we co-direct solstice together but we are also brothers and really close mates yeah making sure that the, the time that we should give to each other as really close mates isn't just time that like just sacrificing that time to ensure that every time we speak is about solstice yeah. is something definitely i always feel we do need to be conscious of otherwise we just end up being business partners and we're not actually there for each other as brothers and mates so perhaps over the years there has been sacrifice on perhaps the, the brothers and mates side maybe when we were a little bit younger and we were really starting out and didn't really have a clue and there was just so much uncertainty I think now I probably worry a little bit less about it but it is always there on the horizon because I think we have less time generally on our hands at the moment with work compared to say me being at uni before that's yeah. incredible that's such an insightful thing to say really isn't it because what you're saying is our relationship is so important but the business is also important. We need to make sure that when we're spending time together, it's for, for both purposes. I think a lot of the time, people don't even see that. They don't even see that they're sacrificing a personal relationship for a business one. Mm. So yeah, I think that's massively insightful. That's amazing. I know that you guys have had to change the business model recently a little bit because of COVID. Do you want to tell me a bit about that? I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. When we started out, we were a festival and we saw our market being events and delivering people orientated products. COVID completely decimated that and made us realise very quickly that the events industry, although incredibly popular, is quite fragile and, as proven, can be burst very, very quickly. I, I do also think the events industry is the one industry where we will see the most V-shaped recovery we have already. I mean, you can't get a booking for a restaurant or a pub anywhere at the moment. Oh, God, nowhere. Which is a good and a bad thing. Yeah. But we slightly fortuitously then, I think, were living at home together while the pandemic started to really take hold at the sort of beginning of last year. And we realised that at the time, George was a student in a sort of, sort of huge academic institution that has its own voice. I still am a, an employer of a massive sort of corporation that works globally that has its own voice. I think we both felt that we were slightly losing our place in the world and our ability to communicate with the world in a way that we were comfortable or at least had control over. Then George Floyd's death took place and the subsequent protests, I think really for obvious reasons, were, were quite important and hit us emotionally very hard. And we suddenly realised that we had this brand that we built over two years to do something with. And so we felt that moving a part of it online, rebranding as a collective and opening an online platform would not only solve our business problems of not being able to connect with anyone because events couldn't take place, but would also allow us to communicate with the world in a way we were comfortable. So yeah, the four pillars of creative and music, art, culture and society and we see the creative platform where those things either as an independent pillar or interlinked are discussed, you know, provocated and commented on by us and people who we want to write 
for us. It's been a real journey. I mean, we started out with George writing the first piece, which is a phenomenal editor's note. I'd recommend anyone should read it. And we finished the first series with an interview with Mario Tojain, who for the non-rugby fans out there is England rugby player and British Lions Lions rugby player. Very, very, very interesting guy, Nigerian. So a huge amount in common with us culturally. And that's what we wanted to probe into with him. Oh, that's absolutely incredible. And also hats off to you guys for seeing an issue instead of shying away from it and thinking, oh, well, that's it. The festival's done. It's over. It might not happen this year. Let's just give up. You guys have done that entrepreneurial thing of looking at a problem and finding another solution. Mm. So massive well done for you guys for this year, because I know that's been really tough. So what would you say that now that you have changed and it's more of like curation of content as well as your one day, one night festival, the content's kind of all year round, I guess. You guys just post whenever you feel like you have something to say. What's the best thing about it now that maybe wasn't in your original business plan? What is exciting now and definitely wasn't part of the business plan is as in-person events do return, Jamie and I are quite passionate about looking to kind of bring those two together and see how they can be combined to do something quite exciting. Oh, wow. It is still possible for the arts space to thrive online as in-person events come back, but perhaps there is a way that you can bring those two together to do something quite cool. It's not perfect. Mm. It's very early days. We'll just see where that goes and hopefully that could become part of the plan in the future. I love that flexibility. So is there anything that you guys know now, what is it, a couple of years on, that you wish that you would have known when you first started? I mean, (laughs) there are an unlimited number of things we could have wished we'd known when we started the festival. I'll give one very silly one. And then I'll I'll give a slightly more serious one. So I think um, <laughs> one thing that we just did not realise we should do is called an off campsite, and that made cleanup just so stressful because you, you had what were two hundred people camped across like a sort of fifty meter square space. So there were pegs everywhere that we just had to go looking for. It was so annoying. It was like it's an obvious thing we just missed. <laughs> Oh, goodness. I think that's probably the silliest one. I think one thing I wish I'd known at the start of the festival is with Jamie and I being so close as brothers and having this idea together, I think often we might only use each other as our own soundboards. I think we can fall into the trap of just thinking we're the project and that's the extent of the the ideas. But I wish I'd known from the start just how important it is to take any bit of advice that you can get from anyone, whether that be a mate who's just read your piece, doesn't have any experience in the arts industry, but goes, oh, like, you know, you could do something like this with the next one. And it just completely transforms the way you feel about the next piece when you put it out, or whether you end up like Jamie has at some fantastic events with leaders in the art space, you know, like Missing Harriman, the kind of Nigerian photographer, and has managed to listen to him speak, you know, take all of that advice too. And I think I'm always refining it. And I think I probably can be a little bit too proud, even still sometimes that like, oh no, this is my idea. Like, this is my thing. But I wish I'd known at the start, but to just not have that from the very beginning and just listen to anything and take it on board. Wow, Um, that's great. So just growing really organically with everyone who's around you. Yeah, definitely. How many festivals have you guys done now? We've done two festivals. Um, The third will be on the 4th of September this year. We really hope. How are ticket sales going? Are there any left? So ticket sales went well. All of them disappeared in two hours. I think it even surprised us. I think we had an inkling because, you know, it was everyone's desperate to go to events. They would go well. But I think this surpassed our expectations. 
Wow. Like, we're very happy. That's incredible. How could you not be happy with that? So <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Oh, so there's no way of me sneaking a little ticket then? Well, I'm absolutely sure there'll be a ton of people that actually turn around and go, oh, I'm really sorry, I've got something more cool or important book to say. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. I agree with that. <laughs> so after a couple of years of doing this, having to like change up the business model from a bunch of different factors, COVID, and time management is there any advice that you guys would give to someone else starting out you've just got to enjoy the process and I think the moment at which you're not enjoying the process the moment at which doing things for your business your startup your passion projects the moment they become a hassle you're either in it for the wrong reasons you're too busy there there will be an explanation I'm not going to try and posit what they are because they are the key infinite explanations but you've got to enjoy the process I think it's the importance of keeping the values that are why you do it at the center of everything you do and i think for us how we see the solstice collective is through building blocks adding things here and there which we think work but i think what is so vital and the advice gives to anyone is whatever building block you add just make sure that the values and what is within those blocks doesn't take you away from why you originally started what that first block was like keep those values at the center and if you constantly turn around and look back and say yes the reasons why we started that festival is to support two great charitable causes and that raises awareness for two things that we think are really important you know we are going to make mistakes here and there but I think those mistakes won't be too critical if we just always keep those things at the heart and it's so easy to take on too much or go down weird tangents or you know try and please everyone with what you're doing so I think that's actually a really important message Jamie says uh, enjoy the process and another thing which I always hear him say which really helps me is just don't run before you can walk like get those basic steps in before thinking that you can put on Glastonbury you know (laughs) <laughs> that kind of thing. Get those ten pegs out the ground before yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned the charitable aspect of it. Tell me a bit about that because I'm actually not sure I'm I know hundred percent what you guys do with the charities. Through the festival, we support two fantastic charities, the RNLI and Young Minds Mental Health Charity. So both very big institutions and organisations in the UK in very different ways. And with the RNLI, it's a very personal reason. And when we were 14, a friend of ours very sadly passed away in a motorboat accident. The RNLI support throughout that whole process to all of us as a group and to the family of our friend was just amazing. And I think we were fortunate enough to be able to channel that, you know, really, really kind of just terrible event into positive action through fundraising at school. And once we left school, that fundraising event we did, which was through hockey, stopped. And Jamie and I always felt that it was a great way to carry on doing it through the festival. So that's uh, incredible. Yeah. And I mean, I think Young Minds almost fell out of our belief in why the RNLI should be supported. We feel it's very, very important that mental health in the youth particularly is talked about, addressed and actioned on. What we both really like about Young Minds is they're making actionable change, that they are 
doing things to help young people feel like they can talk about emotions and talk about what matters to them and, and how they're important. So that's the second charity that we support. So both of them together are a real driver for the festival. They are on a live going down to both festivals and Young Minds came to the one in 2019, which is really great. That's amazing. I mean, God, you two are so inspiring, like raising money for a charity, putting all these festivals on when you're working full time. I honestly don't know how you do it. It's absolutely amazing. So, so cool. If people do want to get in touch and want to check out the site or want to look for any ticket returns that might happen, how do we get in touch with you? We've got our website, www.thesolsticecollective.org and also check out our Instagram, The Solstice Collective. Our email is hello at The Solstice Collective. And I think all of those platforms, we would be delighted to hear from anyone who listens to this and would like to, to input in some way. We're always chuffed to take on new ideas if people would like to contribute to our creative platform that they like kind of hear people's ideas and keep learning from them and, and everything yeah yeah definitely amazing great oh thanks so much guys for coming on it's been so good to hear talk about your amazing business again i'm just so inspired by it so cool no thank you it's been a pleasure i mean it's always feels very special to come kind of given these opportunities so thank you very much Not yeah no, thank you